News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 171 of the Luke Messias Show. Uh, we are coming to you today to talk about the Republican State Convention, some great news that has come out about that, some reporting that was done, and some unifying that we're seeing in the Republican Party. We're also going to talk to you about property taxes and fiscal responsibility issues today with Texans for Fiscal Responsibility rolling out their recent proposal and plan. And I'm going to have Tim Harden, my friend, in here to talk to us about that. Uh, last week, we came to you and talked about John Cornyn and the moves he was making in conjunction with Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden uh, to discuss and work with Democrats to look at gun control measures at a federal level. We have gotten some great response from that. I got emails back. I got messages back, a ton of traction on social media as well. Thank you for so many of you who responded to that and said, hey, we're taking action. We're calling. We actually had messages that came back from people saying, I've called John Cornyn's office and they have said that they are getting completely overloaded with phone calls. And I don't think that is just the work of the Luke Messias show. I think that's probably a lot of different groups across the nation saying, hey, we don't want to see Republicans teaming up with Democrats. We don't want to see Joe Biden coming out and saying, hey, I've identified the rational Republicans that are willing to work with me on potential gun control measures. So thank you for so many of you who did that, because what we've also seen since then is that John Corner came out and said, hey, I want to assure everyone there will not be any gun control passed in the United States Senate. Now, I don't know. They could still look at policy that they say is not gun control, that is gun control. So we have got to stay on top of them. We will be coming to you if any problematic policy is brought forth out of this bipartisan working group. But I just want to make sure you know that your calls, that your actions are actually having an effect. And that is a perfect transition into the other news that came out this week. So let me give you a timeline. The Republican State Convention is going on next week. I will be there in Houston. If any of you are there in Houston, would love to see you, would love to talk to you, uh, get to know a lot of our, our listeners and viewers better. Um, up until last week, Governor Greg Abbott had still yet to even sponsor the Republican State Convention. And to give you some context, because I have been to every single Republican State Convention since I was 16 years old. So we're talking about 50% of my life, I have been going to Republican State Conventions. And from the beginning, I have seen Greg Abbott at those conventions. He has sponsored those conventions, even as an attorney general. I would assume he did so as a Supreme Court justice. He's had booths there. He's had staff there. They've worked the crowd. They've helped people. They've supported the party. That is par for the course of our state elected officials. And as governor, he has taken it up a notch. Every Republican state convention, they have this massive booth at the convention hall. They are major sponsors of the convention, meaning Governor Abbott is always among one of the top financial sponsors of the Republican state convention. But they're evidently has been a problem over the last several months. And most of us believe that it's probably due to the fact that Governor Abbott doesn't like Chairman Matt Rinaldi, who is the chairman who so many conservatives support and is doing a phenomenal job. But he is not seen as somebody who will just do whatever the governor wants. So as a result, it looks like the governor was dragging his feet on signing up and sponsoring the convention at all, not being one of the major sponsors like he normally is, having a huge presence, but just doing anything whatsoever. And this was originally reported by the Texan late last week. They talked about the fact that it looked as though Governor Abbott 
was not planning on speaking to the delegates, which is also going to be weird if that doesn't happen, and was not sponsoring the convention. Uh, Texas Scorecard also then reported not only on that same reality, but they also talked about the different state officials that they confirmed were sponsoring the state convention, including Dan Patrick, Ted Cruz, John Cornyn. We came to you last week and said, we're concerned about John Cornyn. But guess what? John Cornyn was financially helping the convention go on. Don Buckingham, soon to be our land commissioner, Ken Paxson, our attorney general. This guy financially sponsored the convention generously, even though he was in a competitive Republican runoff election. All of these statewide officials, Glenn Hager, uh, Christy Craddock, Wayne Christian, all stepping up to sponsor the convention. So for those of you who do go to convention, it is the largest Republic, largest political convention held except for the Chinese Communist Party's convention. Okay, And I'm pretty sure that if you attend that as a delegate, you don't actually get to make any decisions because that's China. So this is maybe one, the largest that people actually get to do something at. But this convention only happens when a lot of people step up and help it financially happen. I'm a delegate. I haven't registered yet. I need to do that this week. And you'll pay a couple hundred dollars, but that doesn't cover the cost. It's only when our elected officials, other organizations, other entities, nonprofits, donors, supporters step up and go, we want to help this convention be successful, that it happens. Here's the good news. Within 24 hours of scorecard writing, in fact, within 12 hours of Texas scorecard writing that piece about all the other Republican state officials that had sponsored and helped the convention, the Texas Republican Party came out and announced that Governor Greg Abbott had stepped up as a sponsor of the convention. Huge win. And I know some of you who got this information and passed it on and said, wait, what is going on? Why is the governor taking this position? So we're grateful. Um, that people continue to step up. And the good news is this sets us up to be more unified going into November. Here's the reality. All of us are on board with making sure that there are as many elected Republicans in the Texas House of Representatives. We are going to take back at least one Texas state Senate seat. Beverly Powell has already stepped down. Phil King has already stepped up. This is going to be a massive upgrade for conservatives when it comes to having a liberal Democrat replaced with a more conservative Republican in the caucus. Huge win. We are on board with that. In fact, we want Republicans to win as much as humanly possible. Who doesn't if you're a Republican in the state of Texas? So Governor Abbott's move to financially sponsor the convention goes a long way in showing that we are going to be unified going into November. And it's because of the willingness for the Texan and scorecard to write about this for so many delegates to say what the heck is going on that that unity has somewhat been forced into occurring. Great news. And this is also a reminder that the grassroots matters, that the grassroots matters, the politicians know it matters, the elected officials know it matters. And the reason we need to continue to flex is that the second your elected officials stop worrying about what the base of their elected populace wants, the harder it is to actually enact any of your things into law. And that's what we're seeing when it comes to the gun issue. The reason so many of our Republican elected officials are kind of staying pretty quiet on the gun issue right now is that the other side is really loud regarding the policy that they want to see enacted. They want to take your guns away. And Beto O'Rourke has made that painstakingly clear more than once. So all of these are little measures. They know where they want to go. And what you're seeing right now is that a lot of Republicans on the other side, and we talked about this just two weeks ago, are taking a step back. We talked about this last week with John Cornyn, that you had Republicans canceling their attendance at the NRA convention and starting to take a step back on 
how loud they're going to be on this policy. The Republican state convention is an opportunity for all of us across the state to come back together and remind ourselves, one, that we actually agree on all of the policies that need to happen. I don't know if you all saw this, but just, I mean, literally today, which for you will be yesterday when you actually listen to this. Brian Slayton announced that he's going to be filing legislation to ban drag shows in the presence of minors. And this is probably going to be something that we actually dedicate a whole show to at some point in the future. But just this last weekend, we saw in Dallas parents taking their children into bars, restaurants, where drag queens are provocatively and sexually dancing and performing a sexual performance for people to then celebrate. And they are allowing children to participate in this process. That is a major problem. I just want to remind you that if you're an adult in Texas and you uh, show a child pornography, okay, that is a crime. If you are drunk and decide to pee in a park and there is a child that then sees you naked, that is a crime. Even if it's an accidental exposure, it is a crime. But for some reason, we have a bunch of people in this state that feel like they can not only take their kid to this sexual performance and let them participate in it, let them walk up with their dollar bills and stick it into the undergarments of a man who's dressed up as a woman and sexually performing as a woman. They feel like not only can they go do that, but they can publish it. They can film it. They can talk about it. They can post it on their social media accounts. And some Republican officials have come out this week and said, well, we think this might already be illegal. And and here's the sad thing. Guys, nothing is illegal if it's not actually getting prosecuted, okay? So if you tell me that it is illegal to do a certain thing, but I'm still allowed to do it any day and talk about the fact that I do it and there are no legal consequences, then by practice, it's not actually illegal. And we have a problem of a whole lot of district attorneys that are in Democrat counties like Dallas that are never going to prosecute these crimes. So we have to act to make sure that on a statewide level, we can have policies in place that allow actual agencies and individuals in the government who we can put the political pressure on to actually deliver results. We need to make sure that they are empowered to ensure that these things stop. And Brian Slayton has come out and said that that is something he's going to work on next session. We'll be talking to him here in the near future as time goes on about what that will actually look like. So we've talked about the convention. We've talked about guns. We've talked about drag shows. But one of the things that we do also talk about at times is property taxes the Texas budget. This is something I've spent a lot of time on. I don't talk about it as much on this show, but it is something that comes up often. And so many of you talk about it. And look, I'm y'all know, many of you know, I'm a real estate investor. I own various different pieces of real estate and property taxes are getting to be completely out of control. We talked about this when I got all my appraisals and every single one of my homes is doubling in its value. And at least for a homestead, you're capped at how much that means your property taxes are going to go up. But if you own a rental property, you're not capped at that level, which means that you could literally have rental property owners who see their property taxes go up 25, 50, or 100%, depending on what the local governments do. And I want you to understand how unsustainable that is. So when you meet your friend and they say, oh my gosh, my rent has gone up way above what I can actually pay. 
My rent is going up $500 a month. My rent is going up $350 a month. Do you know the sad thing? Your landlord is not making another penny. Okay. So if they were making $1,000 a month on you and they raise your rent $1,350, they're only making $1,000 still. Okay. Their mortgage payment is going up because if they, if their property taxes are escrowed into that whole thing. And if not, they're still paying it directly to the county. We are in a situation as landlords, and most landlords are in this situation that I talked to in Texas, where they are making less money. So understand this if you own property and you're renting your property out, not only are property taxes going up, but inflation is also going up. So now more of your money is having to go to the government, less of your money is coming in. And yet things are more expensive. Your cleaning services for your home, your utilities for your home, your lawn service, pest control, every single one of these things. So this gets into the broader discussion of what are we going to do about it? And not only what are we going to do, what can Texas do? So this is where Texans for Fiscal Responsibility comes in. And they have rolled out their plan, which has several different components that is, are going to be addressed in the next legislative session. So let's go to this clip real quick, and then we'll have a conversation. Right. Well, and I'll call on you in just a second. I just want to point out, I think this may be a good time to remind everyone, Senator Hancock, I think you spoke to this last hearing. As a reminder, though, we see these appraisals uh, rising and, and people are alarmed with what they've seen, that the relief offered by HB3 and SB2 will be shown when they actually receive their tax bill. Is that about October? Am I correct? So, Senator Hancock, do you mind speaking to that briefly? Yeah, and Senator I mean, West, I'll recognize you. So just the, the process yeah. is that the appraisals come out once the districts, both city, county, school districts get the appraisal, that's how they build their budget. And so they'll determine the tax rate once they get confirmation of what the appraisals are gonna come in at my guess is for the first time in the history of Texas, we're going to see the majority of school districts lower their tax rate in August, which is when that those budgets are set, just like our year starts in September. And that's when you'll actually know what the tax bill is going to be once the rate is set. The concern with the appraisals going up right now is something to watch, but the reality is until the tax rate's set, you don't know what that property tax bill is going to be. Right. And it's, it, we just have to wait on the process. Right. And though they may see some growth, it shouldn't be much. At 2.5% yeah. with the inflation that we've had and the appraised values that we have, you're going to see some with some growth. You actually may have some with a decrease if their property values did right. not change in certain areas and the tax rate lowers, then it is feasible and probably some will see a reduction in their tax right. from the previous year because of <clears throat> Senate Bill 2 and House Bill 3. Right. So when we come back next session, we'll be able to just discuss this a little bit more completely. We, we will have some hard numbers. Right. We won't know until after August. Exactly. Okay. Tim, the Texas Prosperity Plan, TPP, not to be confused with TTP or the PPP loans or the Texas Family Project, TFP. There's all sorts of T's and P's <laughs> going P's. on. But y'all have the Texas Prosperity Plan, which you've rolled out. Let's just kind of explain to the average Texan 
why we're in a position to address these three issues that y'all have rolled out in, in the Texas Prosperity Plan. Sure. Yeah. Over the last few months, when we were looking at what, what policy would we like to see the Texas legislature produce, uh, we noticed a common theme that is problem in almost all fiscal policy in Texas, whether that's property taxes or the budget, is we have adopted this mentality that we're going to play defense and that we are going to slow the growth of government instead of actively chipping away and shrinking the size of government. You know, when when you ask most taxpayers, the vast majority of conservatives, is the government too big? The answer is always yes. And so why then is our solution to property taxes and our, our out of control budget Let's just cap it and slow it and allow this already oversized government to continue to grow even more. And so that is where we came up with our three points, uh, mainly focusing on you know, the budget and the property tax, solving that problem of being on defense. So when we talk about the budget, because – uh, you know, the average Texan, even the average politically engaged Texan, if you said, how big is the Texas budget? They'd be like, I have no <laughs> clue. And yeah. I don't even know what a $240 billion budget to a $200 billion budget. Like, I don't know the difference. Sure. These numbers are hard for people to understand. Yeah. Give us a perspective on just how much the budget has grown sure. just over the last 10, 15 years. Sure. Uh, in 2000, our budget was roughly $90 billion. This is biennially. Mm -hmm. So we budget in two-year increments. Yep. And so the $90 billion budget has grown to this last go-round. We are at about $260 billion. We believe wow. we're on pace this next biennium when we do the new budget to have tripled our budget in the last 20 years. Wow. And, and most people – we can look at inflation. We can look at population growth. We can look at some different government programs that have also grown and increased in size or a little more money to get spent on the border and other things like that. But it's hard to say that all of that justifies a budget that has probably tripled over a 20-year period of time. Yeah. We look at population growth. It's about 40 percent over yeah. that same time period. Yeah. Inflation, they aim to be around 3 percent. Obviously, it's been a little worse in the last year. <laughs> yeah. But even when you do that math, it's nowhere near what we would have been had we even slowed to that, that, that conservative metric. In the past, people have used population and inflation as kind of this conservative metric of saying, hey, if the budget doesn't grow over population and inflation, then we are okay. But in such a high inflationary environment, and then also when let's get to the property tax relief portion and close out with that, we have two issues here where if we actually use inflation as still a good metric, it's going to eat up a ton of all the extra money we have. So yeah. can you tell us how much extra money we do have? And then also if we do that, it significantly ties our hands to the ability to focus on property tax relief. So what does that look like? Correct. So right now we're, we're probably going to get some new numbers from the controller here pretty soon. Uh, latest numbers we heard were about 12 billion roughly in surplus dollars, which are taxpayer dollars that came out of our pocket. Uh, we're expecting it might even increase as much as three or 4 billion. So maybe 15 to $16 billion in surplus. And then when you add in the rainy day fund, the ESF, we're talking about 13 billion. Mm -hmm. So all together of you know unallocated funds, we're talking yes. close to 30 billion dollars in in taxpayer money that uh, the government should give back to us, uh, and that's what we're going to advocate for. So one of the things I know y'all have been doing some reporting on and will continue to report on is basically the type of tone that we're seeing out of the legislature. Sure. At this point, we have not seen a whole lot of the state lawmakers, the appropriators, come out and say we're taking a serious look at trying to eliminate school district property taxes, MNO. Texas Public Policy Foundation has rolled out a plan to do just that. Y'all have been advocates for it. Republican Party primary voters voted overwhelmingly to say they wanted property taxes eliminated. Governor Abbott has come out and actually said, I would love to see a lot of this money go towards 
eliminating even just the MO part, not the city, not the county, sure. not the muds and puds and all that. So part of y'all's plan is focusing in on that. If somebody wants that, as well as the other two components of this plan to be advanced, they're interested in that. What do they need to do from now till the end of the year? Because these policies aren't even going to get discussed until 2023. Correct. So what is the thing that the average Texan could do from now till the end of the year to focus on the property tax aspect, the budget, and these other things? Sure. First thing is go to texastaxpayers.com. Uh, subscribe to our fiscal note. It's our weekly update where we can keep you updated on what's going on. We also write articles at least two or three a week to keep you updated on budgetary processes. Um, the other thing you can do is you can go protest your appraisal and try and get that down as, as low as you possibly can. We have been told uh, in multiple times in the Senate Finance Committee that we should see some relief uh, come about November when uh, appraisal process is over and the cities or local subdivisions should be lowering rates. So they've, they said we should be pleasantly surprised at our tax bill. So I would go to your local political subdivisions and advocate specifically that they lower to the no new revenue rate, which was uh, what changed in the 2019 yep. legislation. It's always good to remind ourselves that lowering the rate doesn't mean it's no new revenue. There's two different ways That's you right. can lower the rate, right? You can yep. lower it a little bit mm -hmm. and still take a lot more of my money, mm -hmm. or you can lower it down to where you don't take any more of my That's money, right. which when appraisals go up so much, you have to lower that rate yeah. substantially. Yeah. It's not just lowering it. Yeah. It's like a significant lowering to the point to where you're not taking more of my money. Th Tim, thanks for coming and engaging with us. And uh, yes, I do want people to continue to follow Texas taxpayers. Texan for Fiscal Responsibility as y'all roll out all of this information because as people are more engaged in what the budgetary process even means, it can have some real practical implications. And I think the way that happens most is one, border security funding, things that we actually care about, making sure that they are properly funded. Um, but then also the fact that the, the thing that most Texans would actually experience of the whole budgetary process would be if the legislature took property tax relief really seriously, yeah. because people would substantially see their taxes, it, they would go down, they would notice it, it would actually affect their lives at a time when people are literally having trouble putting gas in their car. Yeah. So um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for over in this plan with us. And um, we're, we're looking forward to seeing where it goes. My pleasure. So as we close out today, we are reminded that there are so many issues popping up. We have drag performances being done in the presence of these three and four and five and six and seven-year-olds who are not just witnessing, but actually participating in this sexual celebration. Your property taxes are going up, and it is time for Republicans to come together next week at the convention, pass a staunchly conservative Republican platform, bold red ideas as legislative priorities, and unite behind ideas in November that will not only keep Texas red, but actually produce meaningful, virtuous, substantive results. See, Republicans are sometimes on defense, as Tim said. We don't go on offense a lot. We lose ground. And we know we're losing it in Texas. But we can take it back. And that's why we're encouraged to see people like Brian Slayton stepping up and saying, I'm going to try to address some of these issues. I hope you're encouraged by many of these things as well. You need to engage. Most of you don't know that the budget has tripled in the last several years. Now you do. What are you going to do with that information? How are you going to share it? Please consider engaging with Texans for Fiscal Responsibility so that you can know more of that information. Follow these different people taking aggressive actions. Support them. Talk about it. 
There's a lot going on in Texas, guys, and we're going to continue to bring you some great news. Thank you so much for following. God bless. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messias Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you and God bless Texas. Texas.